0: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully
1: disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited to be here today. We have a rock star in the house, but we are, of course, going to be talking about health, wellness, and fitness, mental health, and community on tumorkin Tequila. And this is an exciting one because we've covered a lot, but we haven't really talked specifically about navigating life in the spotlight. And in this day and age, in 2023, whether you've got 11 followers or 11 million we are all in some capacity living under this spotlight and having these constant social pressures around us. So we've got a super stud in the house that has experienced it on a high level from a few different angles that we're going to unpack. So without further ado, Caitlin Spears, welcome to Tumor Can Tequila.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And yeah, let's let's
1: do it. Let's do it. So you really have an eclectic background. I know you, you, you're you still young in the game, but you've already done a lot. I do want to read your bio just so our audience has an idea of the wealth of experience that you already have. So Caitlin Spears is a certified health and nutrition coach, fitness coach, and founder, of complete by Caitlin. At 18, she experienced a painful rejection from the hit show America's Next Top Model, which affected her relationship with food and body. She went to have she went on to have a successful modeling career and became a certified health and nutrition coach. Caitlin's mission is to empower individuals to feel strong, healthy, and confident focusing on both physical well-being and profound self-realization. She holds certifications from the IIN Institute of Integrative Nutrition, Precision Nutrition, and ACE Fitness, and her methods have been helped have helped numerous individuals achieve their goals. So this is a beautiful balance of turmeric and skita, mental health, physical health, and everything that goes in it. Before we get to like this really profound breakdown, breakthrough, which we love on Tumerc and Tequila, tell us about young Caitlin. Like, did we have signs of wanting to be in the spotlight and modeling and things early on?
0: Yeah. So funny enough, I actually grew up in a town of 2000 people, um, Wilberton, Oklahoma. I grew up on a cow farm. So I I think ever since I was born, my entire family knew that there was just something about me that felt like I was supposed to be born somewhere else. But here I was living on this cow farm. I would dress up in my mom's clothes and heels and walk, you know, like I was down the hallway, like I was on a runway. And I loved watching America's Next Top Model. I loved dreaming of those things. But I don't know if I truly thought that was something that actually was possible for me. And then when I was 17, I was actually scouted at a pageant I was doing for a scholarship to be a model. And I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way in Oklahoma they're coming to ask me to be a model. And it turned out being to be real. And then a year later, I was actually scouted for America's Next Top Model, which is kind of where the adulthood story began, went through that long process and ended up getting rejected. And that was my first really big, like rejection. But small town Caitlin was, um, a farm girl. She grew up in four H FFA. She showed pigs lived on a farm. Um, Walmart was 45 minutes away. So small little Caitlin was very different than the Caitlin at 28 now, but that Caitlin definitely built me into the person I am today.
1: Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of questions there, but, um, when, so uh, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 28. Okay, you're 28. So I'm 42. So I kind of missed social media, like it was happening when I was getting out of college. And I was a D1 athlete. So now you can, you know, monetize your name image likeness, like it's a totally different game. But we didn't have it till I was out. So like now I'm always concerned about our young people with social media and whatnot. Was that even a thing when you were just starting to navigate America's next top model?
0: No, I mean, yes, it was a thing. Like, I think when I was like 15 to 18 Facebook came about, but it was okay. like for people who were in college. It wasn't really like the Facebook, you know, now and yeah. then Instagram was just a place, p- a place that you posted really bad photos, really <laughs> <like> over edited pick monkey <laughs> photos of you with your tongue out or you with your friends. Like it was not the social media that we know now. So I had, no social media following when America's Next Top Model like reached out to me, they actually just found me from doing the pageant because it was associated with like an online platform.
1: Gotcha. Well, I asked this for two reasons. One, I want to know how you prepared yourself or like how that, you know, um, experience went as social media started to take off. But more importantly, how did your parents feel? Like once they see these agencies coming in and I'm guessing they didn't have the intel they have now because of social media and your experience and everything else. But like, did they feel really protective of their young daughter from, you know, more, uh, you know, not a city kid going into like these big lights and, you know, all the suits and like the pressures of the industry? Like, how did your parents feel about you getting in this game? Well, I actually
0: didn't grow up with my dad. And then my mom has always, you know, kind of pushed us to live our dreams. She never really held me back from pursuing my modeling career. She definitely always thought that it was a great idea. So and she I think the thing about my family is they always knew I was going to do whatever I wanted to do at the end of the day. Yeah. They they can tell me something, but I've always been really strong willed and really independent. And I, and I know how to work hard. I've been working since I was 13 years old, stocking shelves for my grandparents. So I know how to work hard and I know how to be independent. And they knew regardless of if they supported me or not, I was going to do it. So I actually did have, I didn't really have anyone like trying to hold me back. From living my dreams, and that definitely helped because I wasn't scared. Like I I was ready to jump, like whether the net was there or not. And let me tell you, it was not there at (laughs) eighteen. I was gonna jump off that bridge.
1: Wow. That I mean, I think that's great, and I actually, I hope. I think there's always fear for parents nowadays, and. I really believe you got to let your kids go. And if that failure happens, that's so necessary. And I always think it's better sooner rather than later. I experienced an immense amount of rejection early on from not getting picked for coaches. I was, I ended up being a D1 athlete, uh, but I turned down scholarships because I wanted to go D1 top 20 and no one cared about Colorado. It's a very East Coast sport, especially back then. But so, so kind of like you, I was very focused. I didn't care. I wasn't listening. The naive part of it was probably some of the best fuel in the game because I just didn't care. And however bad it was going to be like, I, I knew it, not doing it would be worse. Yeah. Um, so I love that we have very different journeys, but kind of similar mindset as zero year olds trying to figure, figure out this world. So yeah. once you, so once you got recruited and it started to get serious, I really am curious on how this experience went with, you know, a young 18 year old self and these big agencies, these big contracts, like it starts to get very businessy, very fast. And there's a lot, I'm assuming you don't know right away. Yeah,
0: my experience has been a roller coaster, to say the least. Um, You know, it kind of came on very fast. And, you know, I started getting signed on contracts. I started going and doing um, international contracts where you go and basically live in like model apartments overseas and you model places. I actually modeled for a few years and then I ended up like basically stopping and going back to college, and I was like, I, I can't do this. Like my mental health was really, really struggling at the time. I was still struggling with a little bit of like body dysmorphia, eating disorder, from the fact that America's Next Top Model, the um, producers had told me that I needed to work on my body at 18 years old, weighing 115 Ugh. pounds. Wow. And you and know, how tall are you? I'm five, at like almost five nine.
1: Yeah, that's that's, that's extraordinarily light for that height.
0: Yes. I was just out of high school. Like I played sports in high school. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it because you shouldn't have to wrap your head around that because it doesn't make sense. And it was really, it was a really tough few years for me. I was going through an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was, what I wanted. I felt like everyone around me thought I needed to have it all planned out and I had nothing planned out. And that was so stressful. I wish I could have go back to my younger self and just say, it's going to be okay. Yeah, Cause it did not feel like it was going to be okay for several years. I went back and forth between modeling and going back to college and dropping out of college and then going back to modeling several times before I actually picked up, applied to a computer coding school in Bali, <laughs> got a scholarship flew literally as far as I could get away from everyone in my life to Bali and attended this computer coding school put on by these Australians living in the middle of, a, of Bali. And I think that's where I like reconnected and refound myself.
1: That's so interesting. You're doing like one of the jobs where you're not seen at all. And here you are as like a, an experienced model at this point. Like the irony is, is so beautiful. Um, when, so when all this was taking off, I, I'm really curious because, I've, again, I've worked with a lot of influencers. I wouldn't necessarily like models, maybe like sports and fitness models, which the disordered eating and all this, like you think it would be super healthy. And you probably know, obviously, being in the fitness industry now, but it's, it's some of the most health unhealthy experiences I've ever seen in my life. And the, the juxtaposition there is is a major reason I started the podcast to start telling the truth about really what's going on because nothing is how it seems. How did you uh, start to really start to, I mean, because you're 18 and you're young. I don't know if you grew up with conversations of mental health or not, but what point did you start to notice this isn't okay? And and was everyone around you in a similar boat?
0: As far as mental health, I grew up in a really small town and people tried to act like when you're growing up, like mental health didn't exist. If you were sad or you were depressed or you were anxious, that was just because you were being like a baby. That was really how it felt at the time because nobody believed in mental health or if they believed in it they didn't say it out loud not where i was from so i did i felt very unsupported and i really really love that we're shining such a light on mental health now because anxiety depression like all of these things are stuff that we all experience and it comes on so strong especially when you're young because you you don't know who you are or what you want most of the time and it's really stressful and you have no money and you have no support And so it's like, I'm really happy that we are shining a light on mental health because those years of my life were some of the toughest years of my life. And I truly attest me getting through it to being tough. I am a really, really tough person, but, you know, you shouldn't have to just be tough and suck it up. You should be allowed to feel your feelings and go through these emotions. But that was not taught and that was not promoted when I was younger. And so I'm really, really happy that we're kind of changing the game around mental health and saying it's OK. It's OK to experience these things. And we're here to help support you.
1: There you go. Mic drop. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's it's funny that these are happening in all these arenas where things are seemingly perfect, people are beautiful, people are fit. The crisis with our D1 athletes, the pressures of their life, while different than this, it's similar in the fact that there's expectation, to have great grades, to perform on the field, to look a certain way. And we're losing athletes more than we ever have to suicide in the past. I mean, it's remarkable how, you know, yes, you're tough and you made it out, but a lot of people don't. Like they go a totally different way. And we have to put this hard stop in these generalizations of looking at these spaces that they look beautiful. They, it looks like this, this perfect life. It looks like everything's okay. And it's not. Every, everybody is just like everybody else. Everybody has something going on. Everybody's dealing with something. Doesn't matter how old you are, how you look. And we kind of have these narratives as Americans in particular that if you see it on TV or you see it, you know, in this perfect light, you think, dang, their life is perfect. And it just couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Yeah. And that's, I would say that's especially true. Like you just said, with like athletes, but especially with models in the world that I mm-hmm. came from, everybody looks at you from the outside and they, they don't ever see the pages of the book, they just see the cover. Mm-hmm. You're seeing social media. When you look at social media, you're seeing the perfect glimpses of someone's life, the perfected yeah. moments, the the photoshopped photos, the I'm on a beach doing cool things. You're not seeing tears being cried, stress, anxiety, feeling like you're never going to be good enough. You don't see that because that's not what people want you to see. They want you to see the good. But. We are humans, just like everybody else, whether you're famous, whether you're not famous, whether you make a lot of money, whether you make no money at all. At the end of the day, we're all humans and we all are living the same human experience. And it's hard. It's not easy for any of us. We're all just having different experiences and we can't compare one to the other because we're different people.
1: Absolutely. What's hard to echo those statements is when you are in certain businesses where your likeness your physical shape your voice you know the way your athletic ability you are a commodity i learned this very early on as a as a collegiate athlete and then you know if you get scholarships you're essentially getting paid and again this is way before nil with some of these kids are millionaires as sophomores and juniors that was not us and women's lacrosse was never on that platform uh fingers still across it it might be one day but you you you're it's transactional i mean you're a commodity and you have to have this really good grounding base whether it's your family your faith whatever to go back to because everything around you is a business and it, it started so young for 18 year olds. I really want to know specifically about your experience with America's Next Top Model and how that happened. Not so much. I, I mean, I want to hear about all the sides of it, but maybe just like the business side of it. If we have young models or young parents, like they have kids aspiring any good, like business advice that played into mental health or things that you experienced that you'd want people to know before they entered into something like that, because you're literally going from individual self to major big business overnight.
0: Yeah. So actually, I was cut before we actually started filming. Okay. Um, so pre pre production, basically on my on that season. But it is it, it, you go from I mean, then I go and I'm signing big contracts, and I'm working for people like Betsy Johnson and like huge names. You know, I've worked for tons of people in the industry at this point And it is it, it's real money. And it's real contracts. And you're going from being 18 years old. Um I'm sorry, can you restate kind of what you're asking
1: about? Yeah. So I'm just coming, just going from zero to 90 into the business. I just want any good advice of like how you kind of navigated like the contracts and stuff, but then also like maintaining your mental health because stuff moves really fast. And I want our young people or the parents getting into the business to have some forewarning of what this is actually like as the person coming in, not knowing what, you know, these business people have done that, that have done this business for, you know, 50 plus years.
0: Um, as far as contracts goes, especially in the modeling world, always, always, always read the contract. I know you sometimes don't want to read like 500 pages, but every single thing in there is going to control the rest of your life. It is going to control the next five years, the next two years, whatever you're signing on there. Like. Those are real contracts. So read them and be serious. And also do your research. Like, don't just sign with anybody because it sounds like a good idea. Do your research. Ask people. The best kind of recommendation you can get is somebody who's been with them and loves them. I tell anybody who reaches out that asks me about an agency, like, oh, I had a great experience with them. Or, oh, I, you know, I didn't have a such a great experience with them and this is why. And then as far as going, taking care of your mental health and things like that, you really, for me, when I moved to Bali, I think what changed my life is I started taking care of myself. I stopped caring what other people thought. I stopped caring what other people wanted me to do. And I started listening to myself. I started making routines. I started creating habits for myself. I started going, I started working out. I found like physical activity. I started making my own food, eating nutritious meals, things I had grown up doing, but I had kind of lost during like the years of depression and anxiety dealing with like all the body dysmorphia. So some of the best things you can do is really just focus on building a social group around you that supports you and loves you and builds you up. That community is so important. We are the five people we surround ourselves with. So make sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people along the way. I would say another great thing to remember is ask questions. At the end of the day, the worst thing that somebody can say is no or not answer you. Ask as many questions as you possibly can because somebody out there has the answers to the questions that you're gonna ask. And if you don't ask them, you'll never get those questions answered. And then, you know, just making sure you take time to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, We are a commodity. We are a product. And we're basically being sold to the highest bidder. So you do need to remember that and understand that, but also take care of yourself. Self-care, time to yourself, eat good food, be nutritious, hang out with friends, do normal things. Like your job does not need to control your life.
1: There you go. I, I always think that I say on the podcast a lot, God, universe, Madonna, whatever you believe, things are looking out for you. And you can, if you, you know, pause for a moment as you get older and look back, some stuff that you received in a certain way or things around you, I think we're telling you, we just don't understand it. Like even growing up on a farm and you work with animals, like their commodities, they like help pay the bills. So it's kind of like that mentality almost transitioned to your own life or someone, you know, an authority, an agency telling you, you need to work on your body. Well, yes, it's not about getting skinnier. It's about your brain. It's about your, your mental health. It's, I mean, you, you probably needed to hear that message. We just didn't receive it in the right way. And their intention of course, wasn't of that, but <laughs> I think the signs are all around us. As you get older, you can just be a little bit more aware and decide on how you want to receive some of these messages and some of these things that are coming through. It might not be the way it's directly said. Like if you pull back and really analyze stuff from a 10,000-foot view, I think there's clarity in what the next move is.
0: Yeah, and I think there's so much more clarity the older you get. You're, You're able to look back on the past with a lot of clarity. In that moment, it's easy to say, Oh, you know, if you could just see it a little clearer and be all be okay. But it's really, really hard to see in the moment. But of course, looking back on it, 10, five years later, 10 years later, I see so clear that that path was never meant for me in right. any way, shape or form. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that I did not go down that path because I've actually met people who ended up doing the entire show and they did not have a great experience So, you know, that was not my path and I've accepted that. And honestly, I would not be where I'm at today if I didn't go through that exact experience. And now I get to help people. Now I get to help people all over the world who go through similar experiences because we get to share in those experiences.
1: I love that. I think, yeah, you know, the universe, God, Madonna, whatever you believe, is looking out for you. So when it's not working out, it is working out. You just have to give it some time to play out so you understand it. And I love that earlier on you said, you know, people wanted a plan for me at 18. What's my plan? What are you doing? There's there's no way you know what's next. And even if you tried to plan it out precision, here's this, this, and this with desired results, you still couldn't plan it. And even, I mean, your 10-year-old self didn't even know that America's next top model was a thing. Like things weren't even a thing yet as we, you know, as there's pressures to have these plans so I always want our young people to be like let go of the plan buckle up show up do the best you can but know that it's not going to go according to any plan like it'll be stuff you can't even think of are do you do you feel like there was any one piece you would have done different if you could
0: you know I've thought about this a lot and really I don't think so because looking back on it now every single mistake, every single challenge, every single failure, every single heartbreak, like those brought me to the person, to the place that I'm in today. And I'm I am so proud of who I am today. I'm so proud of where I am. And I'm so proud that I get to share my story and help other people. And if I didn't go through those situations and those hardships, I wouldn't be able to help those people who may need my help now and in the future. So I don't think anyone should ever want to go back and change something, but instead focus on what you can control. Like that's the sphere of control. There are certain things that are out of your control. And let's worry about what we can control, not what we can't. Because everything does happen for a reason. And the universe, whatever you believe in, has brought me here right now on your show, owning my business, changing people's lives. And that to me, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and look at the fulfillment you get out of it. I'm sure it's glorious to walk down a runway and, you know, model the the top line of whatever have, you know, the clout or the parties. I'm sure all of that's glamorous. And just like me, for me, it was like being an individual athlete. It was great to win. But I was like, who do I have five? Like, what? like, there was so much more fulfillment in coaching or being part of a team or helping people or being inspirational. Like there was just so much more fulfillment. Do you, have you noticed that now doing what you do now versus modeling back in the day? Yeah.
0: And I actually I still model. I just do the the coolest part is is now that I own my own business, I've had some of the coolest modeling opportunities come about because it's a timing thing. Yeah. I no longer need that job, so I end up getting really really cool opportunities with it because I don't need it. I yeah. want to do those things. But Yes. I mean, of course, owning your own business and helping people change their lives, especially when it comes to their health and their mindset, mental, physical, emotional health is truly, truly one of the greatest gifts you can ever receive. Like today, I had one of my clients send me a 10 paragraph email about how much I've changed her life and just how grateful she is. And I'm just like, nothing in this world, no money, no job, no material object can take the place of really changing someone's life for the better.
1: Absolutely. It's it, yeah, I, I agree. I can't I think that impact and that ability to uh, just reach out and connect someone. I think as much as you impact them, like you said, it impacts you in return. Like, I just think it's such a healing experience and such a human connection that is, it's hard to be topped. you know, when you have the opportunity to really connect with another individual and have some sort of like-minded experience and feel connected as a human race. Like, I think we lock a lot of that in 2023.
0: Yeah, and especially, you know, two years of COVID, it's kind of nice to like be reconnecting with people like on a deeper level.
1: Absolutely. So and I'm curious now, when you're working with people and coaching, I know you're on the health and wellness and the mental health, I'm sure is a conversation. Do you how much does social media play a role in that conversation? Like, do you tell people to monitor that to back off to, you know, um, social media moderation? Like, what is your conversation? Because I think people discredit how much social media impacts the mental health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a very open coach, as a I don't tell people what to do, I help guide them in the direction of what's best for them. And if someone comes to me and they tell me that they're on their social media all the time and they're comparing themselves and they're not feeling good about who they are, then of course I try to make recommendations of, you know, maybe instead of following all of these people that make you feel a certain kind of way, maybe you limit who you follow because Mm -hmm. we don't realize that we follow all of these celebrities, we follow all of these influencers, and everything they post looked perfect. It looked so good. And I even caught myself doing it back in the day. And I had to go unfollow so many people, not because I didn't like these people, but because I had to protect my own energy. At the end of the day, me seeing these beautiful people every single day was not helping my mental health. So it's the same thing for my clients. If they feel like social media is holding them back, of course, we talk about it. We try to set limitations. We work together to, you know, before bed, let's not get on social media and scroll for 30 minutes and then go to bed hating ourselves. Or as soon as we wake up feeling like we need to reach for our phone and immediately be engaged by social media. And so it's just creating limitations and boundaries to what we expose ourselves to, especially in the world of social media where everything is perfect, but it's not really perfect.
1: Right. It's just straight up the highlight reel. And I think, and there's two sides of that. Like if you've got a business and you've got experience with social media, you know, I'm older, I've run laps. I do limit it. But on the flip side, I'm very appreciative of it because and I, and I really try and work on that narrative with people that I coach because there's an upside. If you know how to control it, I mean, you can do too much fitness, too much health. You, there can be too much of anything, but you know, for small businesses, the way you can reach people nationally, internationally, where you can connect like this podcasting, like there's so much amazing opportunity with it, it needs to be Managed and used in moderation, and, and and just be. Did I lose you? Did I got gotcha? you?
0: You're good. Yes, okay. this is one of the things about living in Miami. The Wi-Fi is never great.
1: Oh, Miami! Let's go. What's why? Why is that? Is that a thing? It's a thing. It's like a total huh. thing. I moved to
0: Miami ten months ago from LA, and like the cell phone reception, the internet reception. It is like you actually live on a tropical island where the service is just not always great.
1: <laughs> well, and I feel like everybody out there, they're like, that's like social media heartland. Like everyone's on the beach in neon filming something. <laughs> yeah, it's just the Fi is not great. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, we'll,
1: well, we'll leave it in. I think, and it's funny that we're like praising social media or giving and here we are. It's like universe is shutting us down. There's ne- never a dull moment in what it is. Yeah. So being a health and wellness person, I, you know, we talk so much about, you know, working out or like I was a CrossFitter, D1 athlete, blah, 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 talked about nutrition a little bit as an athlete, we didn't nothing like what it is today. I wish I would have known a lot more earlier, but we didn't really talk a ton about lifestyle and how it all fits together, like this whole human approach and relationships and timing and sleep and water and all these other things that play in that we didn't there is still kind of new conversation and it's funny turmeric and tequila is the juxtaposition of like you know health and wellness and then party um and it took me so long to then know that like the mental health needs to be there before the physical health like if i had focused on that i would have been such a better athlete but i was never even thinking. all i was like more reps more practice more this how much do you talk about the other lifestyle pieces outside of the nutrition and um the fitness and everything with your clients about just having a good overall lifestyle. I know you touched on earlier with rituals and everything else, but is that a main conversation with clients? Is that the whole outside stuff?
0: Yeah, so when I work with clients, I actually have a four-step method that I use with all my clients. And also, I mean, obviously I individualize the actual program for the person because it needs to be bio-individual for each person. But the entire first part of my program the first like few weeks all we focus on i I have a four-step method it's called the kate method so it's connect approach integrate and transform during those first few weeks of connection all i focus on is the person who are you what do you want why do you want these things what is your mindset around these things is it positive is it negative do we need to work on shifting your mindset Do you deal with deconstructing, limiting beliefs? Do you deal with imposter syndrome? Do you have these thoughts about yourself that hold you back? How is your mental health? Do we need to check in on so many areas? Because if we don't build that foundation, I like to tell my clients when they work with me, we're building a house. And at the beginning of building a house, we have to lay the foundation. If we don't lay the foundation, the entire house will crumble. So before nutrition, before fitness, before any of these things of what you think about when you think, oh, I'm going to go to fitness or a health coach or all this, we 100% just work on building that foundation of you really having a positive mindset, a positive outlook, and really loving yourself. Because if at the end of the day, you don't love yourself and you don't believe in yourself, all these other things don't matter because they won't stick.
1: I love that. Well, it's in barely some I've some of that cut out for um the internet because Miami's giving us tests right now. Uh the, the lifestyle is the piece, and I, I love that the, the beginning piece is just focused on the human, and you're figuring out what their specific goals are. I do think a lot of programs, they come in and they've got these set methods, and instead of customizing it to the human, they want to fit you into the program, and I think it's a really archaic approach. So I love that you really have your program, you have your outline, but it's very customizable to the individual, and not you as the athlete, not you as the model, not you as the whatever commodity part of life you're living in, the social media star, the spotlight, the human like before all this it's the it's the number one human that um is the baseline
0: yeah and i think that's what kind of sets me apart a lot of people they ask me this question all the time you know it's it's a very saturated industry how do you set yourself apart and i i coach to the human i don't coach yes i have a program yes i have an outline yes i have a method but i'm coaching for the person and that's the cool part about one-on-one coaching is it's individualized yeah each person is bio-individual Your health is multidimensional, and so it requires so many realms, so many aspects that we need to cover, and you're not going to be like anyone else, so your program is going to look very different than the person's next to you's program because you're different people living in different places, living different lives with different genetics and different interests. back. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna see let me just connect to my hotspot. Okay. It's been a real issue this week. I don't know why.
1: Are you in an apartment? We live in a condo
0: building. Okay,
1: sometimes that yeah, they do the most if there's like everybody's on it when it's working hours. So sometimes it can be we have our own
0: we live in like private things. Nope, it just won't connect to my mine
1: either this is well this is i don't edit a ton because i like it to see like even humans that have their shit together like there's only so much you can control so like it's okay if things are imperfect because it's all part of the process and it's okay we're not gonna we're you know it's all good this is this is what it is Uh, i did want to make yeah exactly i did want to make sure we covered connect approach integrate transform did you cover each piece no Um,
0: i just kind of talked about connect connect is really building that foundation after we really build that solid foundation, I move into approach. And during approach is where we start to approach your nutrition from a different lens. So we go over things like nutrition, macros and micros, because nobody learns about nutrition. I don't know why. But the basis of it, understanding how to cook, understanding how to prep and plan and do all of these things that it takes to be healthy in that area of your life, in the nutrition area. Then once we've really like mastered that, we move into the integrate portion where we're going to work through things like physical activity, sleep, stress management, hydration. All of these things are integral in your process of becoming healthier and living a longer and stronger life. If we don't put all these things together, it doesn't work. And then finally, in the transform phase, I work with my clients to create routines, create systems, because life isn't always going to look the same. But if you have the tools and you know how to create the routines and you know how to create the systems, then no matter where you're at in life, no matter what life throws at you, you have the tools necessary to turn and create a new routine, turn and enlist a new skill, you have all these tools. So whether that's your wake up routine, your wind down routine, your workout routine, your meal prep routine, like whatever that is for you, we just want to create those routines together. And then you know how to do it for moving
1: moving forward in the future. I love that. I wish they almost had a course like this in elementary, maybe middle school, maybe high school, maybe down the road where you're learning these real life skills. I'm here for trigonometry and all this other stuff, but there's an app for that these days. Like, let's just streamline the process into actual life skills because yeah. you need this early on. What is like the average age of your client at this point in time? Is it getting younger and younger? Um, I actually have a really
0: wide range of clients. My youngest client that I take on is 21. Okay. Because- I actually don't take on 18 to 21, usually just because of finances. My program is a little bit pricier. So most most 18 to 20-year-olds really can't afford to take on that big of an investment. But I do have a couple of 21-year-olds who own their own businesses and work with me. So that's really, really cool. And then my oldest client I have is 53 years old. So I work with such a wide range of clients. But I would say on average right now, most of my clients are in their 30s.
1: Okay. That makes sense. I think that's most people that are affording, you know, CrossFit and more expensive gym memberships where it's 180 to 250 bucks or 300 bucks a month, depending on what city you're in. Uh, And you start to navigate those questions. I think that's when I first started to like, quote unquote, question a better way of, all right, let's, we've done the physical coaching, athletic coaching. Like, what about personal coaching? Like, how do I want to navigate core values and, you know, real goals now that I've accomplished some of these goals? And it, it takes a little time. I will predict. And of course, budget's always a conversation that the clientele will get younger and younger granted financial opportunity uh to because i think they're just questioning stuff sooner and like they're exposed to so much more because of the spotlight because of social media so you're navigating i think larger questions and deeper questions so much earlier so
0: and that's actually kind of why i'm creating my course so i do one-on-one coaching right now but like i said there's a lot of people who can't afford it Mm -hmm. totally understandable But what I've decided to do is to take my method that I teach my clients and turn it into a self-paced course where I just pre-recorded all the videos, walking them through my entire method, giving them worksheets and all of these things that you see in a course. But this price point allows so many more people who can't afford that high ticket item to still benefit from what I have to offer. So I'm really, really excited I'm gonna be offering, I'm gonna be launching that November 1st. Um, I've actually partnered up with one of my friends who owns a health app, she was a pharmacist. And we have a really, really cool collaboration in the works to just really try to reach as many people as possible. Because my goal at the end of the day is to help as many people as possible become stronger, healthier, and more confident.
1: I love it. And accessibility at this point in this day and age has to be a conscious conversation because yes, you can't afford it and we still have to find a way to reach those that want to be reached or want to question a better way or that want to get that first step in the door. Like you, I I did a course similarly um, to help smaller businesses, individuals or influencers on the rise, to get education, but more from a standpoint of protection. Like I felt very protect- I'm the oldest of three. So like, again, I think you're set up for how you're supposed to do down the road, but just from a very protective space for, um, which I'm sure you can relate to of just having gone through it. So then you feel a little bit more protective of the up and comers or people that are new to the game because you've walked through the lava and it's like, well, you're probably going to burn your feet, but you don't need to do it as much as I did. So here's this, and yep. we're going to make this as accessible as possible. Yeah, And shift the mindset. On the flip side, I do think price point psychology is real. And the more people pay, the more they'll commit. So I do think there's a place for high end expensive courses, because there's so much science out there. And if you've ever taken something free and just thrown it away, whatever, you know, immediately, the more you pay, the more you're going to commit. And it's just that simple.
0: A hundred percent. You nailed it on the head. And that's why, you know, people who come to me and I know they're not ready. I, I'm like, if you're not willing to commit this amount of money, because I have clients that do it and don't make a lot of money, yeah. but at the end of the day, they are 100% ready and willing to change. And that's how I know I want to work with them because those clients are going to show up. Yeah. Those clients are going to do the work. Those clients, I'm not going to have to be, you know, calling them, texting them. They show up when they're supposed to. They put in the work and they get the results because yes. they they do. They meet me halfway. You have to meet me halfway. I can't do 100% of the work. And so when people do mention things about the price, I'm like, well, at the end of the day, if you're willing to invest this amount of money into yourself, you're going to show up people will invest $200 and they'll give up after two weeks because they're like, Oh, we'll just call it a wash. It's
1: fine. Right. right.
0: You invest $3,000. You're like, Oh, okay. I'm going to show up for this.
1: Well, and, and this works both ways. And it's a perfect um, segue to my next question is y- when you are a coach, you've got to charge for your time in the adequate amount because you're not scalable. Like, yes, you can do a course. Yes, you can do this. But then the end of the day, if I'm shipped to a meeting and I'm consulting or advising or coaching that's X amount of hours of my day. And I, I think the biggest Weakness that I've had in my 42 years is maybe not a weakness, but something I put the lace emphasis on was personal relationships and romantic relationships, just because it it was the one thing that like just didn't fit in. And I'm sure you're like me where mission driven, there's a business, there's an idea, there's something to prove that I'm competing. I mean, there was always kind of something I was training or working towards. And so the personal relationships for me kind of dwindled and we're shifting that narrative now into our 40s we're figuring it out and i have no regrets because i know i needed to travel the path that i did but i'm curious for you as a 28 year old mission driven and busy and your counterpart is it okay if i say who it is yeah
0: yeah of course yeah okay
1: james maslow of big time rush uh I- i'm so curious and how you guys met but how do you guys balance with both of you guys being in the spotlight and him in the super sp- they're touring right now I- to be honest i wasn't super familiar um but they're they're in they're in the spotlight all over the place right now aren't they
0: yeah, 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 they're cool. very, very big. Um, you know, well, to answer your first question, we actually met on Raya. I don't know if you even okay. know. You know, yeah. okay. So I had actually come back from modeling in Istanbul for a couple of months, and I came back to LA and had a bad breakup. And one of my girlfriends was like, "I have this free pass for this <laughs> app." And I was like, "Oh, interesting. I've never heard of this." So I- OK, and she was like, just get on. It's fine. Like, just get on. And I got on and he messaged me three days later and we went to lunch and then we ended up going to Coachella together. And then here we oh are gosh. five years later, still still doing the thing, still still enjoying our life together. We're building amazing life. We have um, a dog we adopted from Tijuana, yes. we have a house in Miami now. So, yeah, we're, we're doing really, really well but it hasn't come without its challenges obviously it's like you imagine like a regular relationship there's already so much to deal with yeah and then you put that relationship in the spotlight but you know i think it's a testament to who we are as people neither yeah. of us are really like huge spotlight people i wouldn't say like we are both very business driven he has a lot of businesses outside of his band and I am building my business and we're very career driven. I love my friends. Like I love being at home. I don't love, I'm not a red carpet girl who just loves going and doing these uh-huh. big events with hundreds of people who I don't know. Like, of course I show up to the things that I need to show up to, but at the end of the day, the time that's most important to me is our time spent together at home with our dog, with our friends, with our family, doing things that really, really matter to us.
1: I love that. Did you know who he was before you met him?
0: No. So I didn't actually grow up watching the show. I was like slightly above the age, I think of like, okay. so I, I did not, but my sisters figured it out. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Wait, so- what was, was it a reality show? I don't even know.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it was um just a TV. It was kind of like, I don't know if you know what the monkeys were back in the day,
1: the band, the monkeys.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they also had a TV show
1: oh gotcha okay I know what you're saying okay same
0: exact thing it was they had a tv show but they were also a real band
1: gotcha was this in America
0: yeah it was in the United States Nickelodeon
1: oh okay Oh, so then I was too old for that but it's so funny so we didn't really grow up with cable so I was late to even like MTV the challenge all that stuff and then you know BET and like TRL was more like my middle school high school years whatever um so then I kind of so I love pop culture and I know but when I was reading big time I'm like do I know them and i like 99% of pop culture I know. So I'm shocked that I don't know this. Uh, but anyways, I think that's kind of good that you didn't know. Cause then you, there's like Googling them and so many preconceived notions. I mean, the judgment from social media is really, really brutal.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't actually know for a few weeks. Okay. Um, so like my sisters kind of figured it out. They're like, Oh, who are you going on this, on this date with? And I'm like, Oh, I'll send a photo. And they're like, <laughs> wait hey, I know this person I'm like well how do you know this person but um yeah you know figured it out a few weeks but again I didn't one I'm never I've never been celebrity struck I'm not that kind of person I yeah. don't care at the end of the day I just want to be with somebody who's like kind and loving and fun and funny like your personality is more important to me mm-hmm. Um, so it was less about that and more about cultivating a real relationship because that was something I was really looking for for sure um, and then also neither of us have really ever been LA people we met in LA but we weren't you know seeking out being an LA couple you know sure. that's sure. why I left that's why we're doing our own thing over here in Miami um but yeah it's it's definitely a different experience I think the hardest part for me was dealing with the fans in the beginning because they come out of everywhere and they're not nice in the beginning. Like a lot of them are really, really not nice. And I had to learn to navigate that. But, you know, that's on a small scale. I think about the people who yeah. you know, are even way more famous. I'm just like, I cannot even imagine what they go through. And I feel my my heart goes out to them because I know how hard it was for me. So I can only imagine how hard it is for them.
1: I'm actually really glad you say that because I've, I've managed – very well-known people influencers blah 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 and I don't talk about it a ton I only do just because I like people to know that not all that's glitter not all that glitters is gold and it's a really tough life and it's not as glamorous as it looks and there's upsides to a lot of it like you there's you know you walk into places like there's an upside and if it you have to be a certain kind of person that can like you just say handle the negativity and even you know as I'm I've been in branding for 25 years, athlete, blah, blah, blah. We weren't, you know, again, women's across, we weren't famous. Um, but as we built the podcast and little notoriety things happen, I think in the back of my mind, I always had this fear because I saw people I was managing to go through and the hate that came through on the social media or in real life. I mean, the the wives and girlfriends or significant others of, of boy bands, the, the fans are, yeah, it's, it's brutal, man. And I always had this fear, even as a tough, strong, whatever, athlete, human, female, I didn't want that. Like I saw it break it down. So I had this fear and it, some of it, I think blocked me from really leaning into the podcast and putting it out there. Cause it was so hard having you had experience that and actually walking in it. Did that create some fear for you for even like your personal business of putting it out there? Were you always secure and being like, it's okay, bring it on. I'm just going to deal with this. Cause I know who I am and I know where I stand. Like, did that inhibit any of your career choices?
0: You know, I think in the beginning, cause when I met my boyfriend, I was 24. Okay. So I was very like, you know, kind of, starstruck by this industry in general. I didn't understand it. I didn't really like know what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. So I think in the beginning, I was definitely more fearful of what people might say or how they might react. But I think the older I get, I just stopped caring what people think about me. Because at the end of the day, I know I'm a really good person. And I know what I'm doing is making a difference in people's lives and changing the world. And I, I never, ever, ever go out of my way to hurt anyone's feelings or be mean, but I also don't go out of my way to, you know, go down that, that celebrity path. Like I'm, I'm over here. I really, when I, when I started building my business, I kind of had to rebrand. I kind of had to stop posting so much about my boyfriend because my social media was all about my boyfriend.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I felt a little bit of an identity crisis. I'm like, I need me again. I need to be Caitlin without my boyfriend. Like, I love Caitlin with my boyfriend, but I also want to be Caitlin who owns a badass business and helps people all over the world change their lives. So I really had to sit with myself and figure out how I could kind of rebrand. And it wasn't that I wanted to push those people out necessarily, but I didn't want people to just be following me because of that reason. I wanted people to be following me because they cared about my business.
1: Amen. I'm so glad you said that. And especially for our young women out there. And it's I, it's hilarious because I was actually on the opposite. So again, I've always been independent, not focused on relationships. Now I'm getting older, you know, boyfriend, significant other is in the picture. And I, it's almost an identity crisis for me because I've always been the individual. And I'm like, where do I include him in these things because it's always just been me so it's so funny that it's it's the opposite but it's the same and i think all of us men and women we have these continuing um identity struggles as we get older because you are constantly shifting i do think you get more comfortable in how you walk through this world and more secure and it is ever kind of evolving regardless of what side you're on it's always changing and i do always preach this and i this is where i'm fortunate that i i kind of had that very independent journey thus far is you're an individual first. I don't care what relationship in, what faith you believe, or whatever your major identity is, like fitness, CrossFit was always probably more my identity or my business than even myself. And so I had to like separate that, but you've gotta be an individual first. And every, you're more than qualified, you're more than talented, you don't need need me to tell you this, but you are able to stand and use your voice and share your gifts on your own. And if there's anything in addition to that, significant other business, money, glamor, great. But be here to be able to be by yourself, using your voice, and and that's enough. And I don't think our young women hear that enough. So I'm really glad you shared that angle of it. I think it's really, really, really important.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it was especially I kind of lost my identity because his identity was so big. Sure. It was like I've always been very independent. I had my identity. and I had my career. It wasn't like he in real life determined who I was, but on social media, he determined who I was because his, his social media reach, his, you know, stardom or celebrity was just so much bigger than I was in this, in this world that I kind of like got a little lost in that of like, who am I? Like, am I important? Like he's yeah. so important. And so it's just really remembering at the end of the day, like you're so important and you have so much value and he's always supported me. He's an amazing boyfriend. He's actually the one who pushed me to like go into the industry I'm in because he knew I'd be great at and he knew I loved it. So it's like just, re- supporting each other but remembering you do need your own identity in everything that you do
1: absolutely and that can be such a beautiful compliment to a solid team a solid relationship whatever it may be. And you also got to remember just because someone has fame or infamy or all this, the loudest voice isn't the most impacting. You know, if you impact five people in your life and those five people go on to be president or the this or the that, and they they don't, you just never know where it's going to ripple. So you got to just kind of show up and know that all these accolades and, you know, the PR, the press or the followers or the likes, that's not necessarily indication of talent, power, or impact. It's just straight up, social media and attentions you can't let that factor too much into your self-worth because it's not true I mean it's oh it's one little thing in the game and um I think that's great and I and I don't I think it's also hard I have a lot of empathy for couples in any spotlight even couples like at the gym if they're the owner like so many community leaders like everyone's watching what you do and for you guys for how you know there's such an audience and then the next level like the brads and angelinas and all like I can't imagine the amount of opinions they have around that I love to see though when you guys can stay a team no matter what else is happening because only the two people in the relationship know what's going on for real for, for in reality like everything else is just hearsay
0: yeah and you know I don't envy anyone who is more famous than we are <laughs> it's just like it, it is such a world that you don't even yes there are some amazing aspects to it but you lose a little bit of privacy and so many yeah. things I love like i love having i love having my privacy and my own my own things and you know your friends and family you don't really want to share everything online so you know you lose that little bit of level of privacy and so i do not wish any more fame onto
1: myself yeah well, privacy is freedom. And I think people forget that. And your freedom is what our country fought for, not to be too cliche, but it's these things that you don't know what it is until it's gone. And then once it's gone, you can't really fully get it back. So I think you have to know the sacrifice. The flip side of that is, and we'll start to wrap up even though I have a hundred more questions. Um, Is it It's it's ironic because you see people out there with these big platforms and all this attention. And it's like you don't the world doesn't need their message, to be honest. And then we have humans like you that aren't necessarily seeking. I'm glad you're doing as much as you do. And I I hope you do it as much as your self-care allows, because we do need voices like you. We need people that had their, you know, toe leg halfway into the pool in that experience, but then you had enough to walk out to share that so our young generation can understand that or then lean into, you know, certain angles of their um, relationships or whatever it is like your impact does require you being in the front lines on the mic in the spotlight in some capacity so it's very ironic <laughs> like some people get so much attention and the message is trash and then other people are like no no no, i don't want to be an influencer i don't want to do this and that's where i usually am dragging them on the mic i'm like no just come tell your story i won't even tag you like but it's no it's noteworthy like people need to hear this so it's are we live in a crazy world where it's such a juxtaposition of <laughs> there's so much fame for stuff we don't need. And then all the voices that could change the world, they're like, hell no. They're like, don't put, I hate social media. I'm not doing any of that. So yeah, I hope, I hope you continue to do it as much as your heart and your sanity allows.
0: Thank you. I definitely will. You know, it's it's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And the more that I impact people, the more it like fuels my fire to help more people. And at the end of the day, like I'm doing this to change the world, not to be famous. There so- you go. Do it for the right reasons. I think that's like a good comment for anyone listening. Like, if you do something out of passion, and you do it for the right reasons, you're you're going to win. At the end of the day, you will win and you will do something amazing.
1: There you go. Uh, Well, your authenticity bleeds through and our young people are more conscious consumers. They can see through the BS better than anyone. So I have no doubt your following will continue to grow. um, Buy in and believe in will be inspired just because of the authentic passion. There is not a lot of BS transcends through to our young people nowadays. So um, I'm glad we have good people saying good stuff like you. Where, You have a gift for our crew. So what is something you want to share with our audience if they're listening and they want to connect with you? Yeah, so
0: I created this three-day freebie. It is the three-day look good, feel good Kickstarter program. Um, it's basically an intro into getting back into a healthy life. So it's three days of health coaching activities, three days of um, nutrient-dense recipes, and three days of 10-minute or less workout videos that you can do at your he- at your house with no equipment. Um, it's a really great way to either, if you haven't been on your health journey at all, and you're looking for a good way to just get a little bit of a kickstart back into it, this is the perfect thing to just jumpstart your journey right now. Or if you've been on it, but you're falling off a little bit and you just need a little bit of help, this is another great way to just get that little bit of kickstart that you need to get back on the right path. And then if you love that, my, my full course will be launching, which is going to be introducing the Kate method and teaching you how to live a healthier, longer, stronger, and more confident life on November 1st.
1: Let's go, go check her out and hit us with social media's websites. I'll of course, put all these links up, but if anyone's listening, where do we find you?
0: Yes. So my website is thecbcmethod.com. That's the Complete by Caitlin Method, CBC. And then all social medias, I am Caitlin Shea Spears.
1: Boom! And you know, what? I forgot to ask you the most absolute worst basic question possible, but are you related to Britney Spears?
0: I am not. My entire life, though, <laughs> if I was related to Britney Spears, it'd be cool, but I'm not
1: well she's got the biography coming out so I just wanted a heads up if you were going to be in it and we're just talking about infamy on a whole different level
0: <laughs> no I am not related to her because I've been lucky enough in this lifetime to share a last name
1: <laughs> that's got to be the most does everybody lead with that
0: everybody like I remember this one hilarious story that I'll never forget I'm like calling my college student loan people and I'm like asking about my the money I owe for student loans and before I get off the phone the guy was like hey, you know, before we jump off the phone, I just had a quick question. I was like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, are you by chance related to Britney Spears? And I'm like, if I was related to Britney Spears, I would not be taking out these student loans to go to college.
1: Oh my God. This is the impact of pop culture though. Isn't it crazy? Like again, careful what you wish for. Um, Caitlin, I love it. You're a good sport. I appreciate what you're doing. I love that you hailed from the industry. Did the experience you have and now the take you have on the world in a secure space and can be really honest and vulnerable in the ups and the downs of the industry, but still in it and still optimistic uh, for, for what you do, what you believe in and the mission that you're serving. I think it's really important. So hats off to you. If you're listening to this, go check out her stuff, go see the three day challenge. It's not about just getting skinny. It's about a life and a mind reset. So we're out here doing things different. Check out what she's going on. Caitlin, any final words for our listeners?
0: I think that's all. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I hope that anyone listening gets at least something out of this hour, either in your car, on your walk, whatever you're doing. I hope you enjoyed it. And I've been really happy to be here.
1: Thank you so much. Let's maybe in a year or so when things pop off or go in whatever direction they do, maybe we'll reconnect and check in and just see how the journey has further shaped. Absolutely. I'd love that. Thank you so much. Thank you.